You are listening to a podcast produced by the Jackson School of International Studies and the Ellison Center for Russian, East European, and Central Asian Studies at the University of Washington. This and other podcasts can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information, visit us at jsis.washington.edu forward slash Ellison Center. Before we begin, I'll just tell you uh, the, the meeting today is sponsored by the Department of Scandinavian Studies and the um, Ellison Center for Russian, East European, and Central Eurasian Studies here. Uh, a couple of lectures coming up in, in both of them that might be interesting. And on December 2nd, this is after Thanksgiving, there will be a talk designing Tito's Capital Urban Planners, Modernism and Socialism. Uh, uh, I think it'll be right, it'll be right here in this room same time. And then uh, this week, Friday, in the Scandinavian department, uh, in Savory for the Scandinavian department is hosting two events uh, uh, by a speaker on, on ethnic minorities in Scandinavia, Farnaz Arbabi and Athena Farokazad on migration, racism, and revolution in recent Swedish literature and theater. Uh, so you can, December, uh, November 30th, Friday evening, and then Tuesday, December 1st, will be lectures here on campus. I can give you more information about those. So we have two speakers that, are, that we were very lucky to have on campus this quarter. Um, what might be continuing next quarter, right? I, I hope so, yes. Yes, yeah, we'll be continuing for the rest of the year. But we wanted to bring them both together uh, for two reasons. One is that we get two, bang, two, two scholars for one visit. The other one is that their topics are... Uh, similar in some ways. They're both studying ethnic groups. Uh, Ot Tomet is studying ethnic groups in Estonia, and Ita Mieria is studying Latins as an ethnic group outside of Latvia. They have uh, overlaps, there's similarities in their methods, and then there's great differences in their methods, and we'll, we'll be hearing about, we'll be hearing both of their, uh, both of them speaking about their work. So we are going to be switching the order around today. Our first speaker will be Ot Tomet, uh, uh, finished his doc- uh, doctorate at Aarhus University about 10 years ago now. And he is right now a visiting researcher at the University of Washington Information School on a, on a royalty research grant uh, in that department. He's working on a joint project called Se- uh, Segregation and Silent Separation, using large-scale network data to model the determinants of ethnic segregation. He's associate professor, uh, senior research fellow at the University of Tartu in Estonia, and he's published many articles uh, and book chapters on statistical methods and, and the study of people and discrimination. His talk today is titled Neighborhoods, Neighborhoods and Network Segregation in Cell Phone Data, Estonian and Russian Speakers in Tallinn, Estonia. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Kuntis, for this nice introduction. Uh, and thank you for attending. I'm happy to be here. Um, and yes, uh, Guntis told more or less what uh, I don't really have to add anything in terms of introduction. Uh, so talk today is uh, it is about the research I'm doing here, and uh, I didn't really prepare to give you like thorough background in uh, in the ethnic relations issues stuff in uh, the Baltics. 
but I have written more about these topics, so uh, feel free to interrupt me. I'm an economist, you know, and economists love to be inter interrupted during a talk, unlike political scientists. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, feel free, every time. Uh, and uh, so feel free to ask me about more background details if you, if you are interested. Um, all right. So we start. Um, the story, uh, neighborhood and network segregation, is uh, something I have been interested for a long time. And uh, about four years ago, or no, even less than four years, a couple of years ago, it appeared that we have access to certain cell phone data, which makes it feasible to study in a way that, uh, that what I'm interested in. Okay, so uh, ethnic fractionalization and segregation. I guess you have an idea what it is and why this matters. I don't have to go too deep into details. It is one of the most resilient uh, pattern in uh, multi-ethnic, multiracial uh, societies. Uh, and it's generally it's considered bad, but doesn't really matter in, 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 in this context. Um, there are two big brands of segregation, uh, segregation literature. One is concerning geographic segregation, usually looking at uh, what is broadly called neighborhoods. Uh, and like the main result from these studies is a uh, black and white and gray map of city where black areas means that here live minorities or majority or whatever and you and you see that different groups live in different parts of the city. Another branch uh, is uh, social network segregation studies. This is little, um, how to say, I wouldn't say a little less developed, but, uh, but it has uh, distinct issues which are related mainly to the fact that social networks are not that easily observable. You open a census database which is widely available everywhere and you can make these plots. Uh, to know, to learn who are your friends, you have to convert, make a study, make a survey. And uh, this is far more expensive and uh, a lot less common. Uh, both of these studies, uh, these uh, branches of literature show that, what we already know, similar people tend to congregate. Uh, we live among people who are more or less like we are, and we also communicate to people who are more or less like we are. Um, and there is an implicit assumption that these two facts are correlated. Not just correlated, but they are uh, causally related. For instance, uh, geography causes networks or the way around. We choose where we live based on uh, who are our friends. And uh, we want to go a little closer in this, these topics and to link these two branches of literature. So what we are doing uh, we use a unique cell phone data set that uh, 
can be used to analyze both types of segregation for the same people in large scale. Uh, and large scale means 45,000 individuals in this case. Second, uh, we do a few nice descriptive graphs, and then we do a simple model that shows how these two uh, features are related. And I will show you one graph here and one graph here, and then I show some counterfactual experiments where we play around with uh, geography and with preferences. And you see what happens. Um, so counterfactual experiments is yeah, first uh, uh, we, we, we switch off the role of ethnic preferences in one case and the effect of geography in the other case. And uh, to jump ahead, preferences matter a lot more than geography in a typical city environment. All right. So, this was the motivation. Background, I talk a little bit about Baltics and Estonia, and feel free to ask more. Model, uh, you know, economists do not look serious if they don't show you any math. <laughs> and uh, I try to stay with a um, graphical uh, presentation here uh, about uh, model and about uh, counterfactual results. All right. So Estonia, you know about where it is and what it is and stuff like that, I suppose. Anyone who doesn't know? No. Okay. Good. Then uh, I skip this map here. Uh, this is a country how it looks like, and the distance from here to here is around 300 kilometers, maybe like 200 miles one way. So it is like I don't know smaller than Washington State. And population is 1.3 million, so it's not too impressive. But uh, still it is, well, it features number of interesting uh, institutions that can be analyzed, and hopefully we can uh, get some novel, interesting information out of it. And this map, it's supposed to be pink and blue in various shades. Uh, depicts by uh, regions what is the percentage of Russian-speaking population. It is largest here, about 80% in northeast, and it is pretty large here around the capital city, and it's a capital city, uh, around 50%, but it depends on uh, neighborhoods. And in the rest of the country, it's supposed to be blue, uh, it's in general less than 10%. Uh, so, uh, you see that ethnic composition is uh, kind of unequal, and we have a lot of variation in the data. In some places there are virtually no Russian speakers, and in some places there are a large share of Russian speakers. Mm, okay, yeah. Should have showed you this slide earlier, but anyway. So let's say this was first, this is second, 
and as a map I showed Chastio should be third. <coughs> a little bit of history. The country was uh, pretty much ethnically homogeneous before the Second World War. And in 1940, Stalin invaded the Baltic countries and uh, put under a pretty harsh uh, Stalinist regime. And it remained part of the Soviet Union until uh, around 1990. And uh, during that period, uh, both Estonia and Latvia experienced pretty substantial uh, inflow of Russian-speaking population. So this made, um, initially, quite ethnically homogeneous country to, uh, by, by, by 89, it was 40% uh, Russian-speaking. Uh, so, you could observe two effects, not unlike the current refugee crisis, where uh, natives were very concerned and very much against uh, the immigration inflow. But unlike currently in the Western world, they were unable to protest because of the authoritarian Soviet regime. Uh, this created some sort of animosity that exists up to this day between Estonian speakers and Russian speakers. Uh, 1991, the Soviet Union ceased to exist and uh, the country became independent and pretty quickly established Estonian as a sole, uh, sole official language. And also it passed uh, language rules for citizenship. And uh, because of the existing animosity, Stalin was a bad guy and no one liked him around there in the politics. And uh, the big inflow of Russian speakers um, created unwillingness in the local population to, um, how to say, to, 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 to be part of the Soviet society and also later to accept the Russian speakers who moved in the country as fellow citizens. Uh, and this kind of schism has existed up to this day today. There are some, uh, or it's, it's like getting less important over time, but it's a pretty slow process. And I haven't followed now last year with uh, help of Putin and all that, what has happened, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm afraid it uh, gets more tense again. And there have been occasional flare-ups. Uh, in case of Tallinn, the worst was spring 2007 related to a relocation of Soviet area monument, this one. Um, okay. So, this was the background. Was it enough? Was it too much? I'm, uh, curious, I'm yes. curious about intermarriage rates and how those intermarriage are Intermarriage rates. I uh, don't know exact figures. Uh, I know that they are pretty low. And they are more in Latvia. Don't really know why. Uh, I guess some sort of language, uh, language issues are. Uh, Latvia, for instance, Russian is widely spoken in Latvia as a business language and in Estonia it's like a niche language in terms of uh, non-Russian speakers. And I think this is related to the fact that the intermarriage rates are pretty low in Estonia. 
Yes. How many retired Finns in Estonia? <laughs> I don't know, but not that many. Not that many? In terms of, uh, if you look at the macro level population composition, it doesn't really matter. There are Finns, there are retired Finns, but it's not any major population percentage. And also, it doesn't really. Well, it creates a little bit problems because some people find it unfair how Finnish rich Finns push up real estate prices. But besides of that, I don't. I haven't heard about any issues. All right. So, data. We use a cell phone log data set. Basically, what we have is uh, for around 50,000 cell phones, uh, information, where did you call and whom did you call and when did you call. Uh, obviously, it is anonymized, so we have just some sort of ID. We don't know the actual numbers. And, uh, but we know that, for instance, ID number one, two, three, talk to ID number three, two, one, at certain point of time. Um, on top of that, we know a little bit about these IDs. In particular, we know which is a preferred language. And that's a particular institution, uh, not that common elsewhere. Uh, because the Russian-speaking population is pretty large, Businesses are interested in um, collecting information about uh, language the customers want to communicate with. You know, the cell phone operators send everywhere, and you as well, probably all kind of crap once a month or more often. Uh, bills and advertisements and I don't know what. And they want to know which language you prefer to receive this uh, stack of papers. Uh, and this is the information what we are using for, uh, for uh, inferring the ethnic background. Okay. Yes, and based on uh, where do you make your calls, we can deduce where do you live and where do you work and stuff like that. Okay, and now uh, first, Test what we do here is that we look if neighborhood segregation and network segregation are linked. And yes, they are. So, this is a, these are something we can call these neighborhoods. It's a little bit different depending on which places we are looking at, but, uh, but let's call these neighborhoods. Or I, I call them city tracts actually. Um, and here is for each neighborhood, say this one, the percentage of um, language speakers. And red means Russian. So in this neighborhood, we have about 30% Russian speakers. And here we have network percentage of Russian speakers in that network. So. Um, for this particular neighborhood, we find that around 30% Russian speakers living there, and in their network, we have about 50% Russian speakers. You understand? And what we see uh, circles are same figures for Estonians. So what we see here is that neighborhoods, 
as more Russian speakers we have, are clearly related to more Russian speakers in your network. Yes? Is this like classified by Russian speakers, somebody who writes in Russian and receives messages? Uh, we don't know which, which language they receive of... messages. Okay. We know that uh, the telecom has recorded that their preferred language is oh, Russian. I see, okay. okay. So you don't see the actual messages themselves, but no. information no, no. from the provider. Yeah. Yes? Do you draw any conclusions from the lack of scatteredness uh, in the Estonian population? Uh, not really. The problem is that everything is so close to one that the scatteredness is... Uh, it is more like technical issue. If you blow it up, uh, then you can get a scatter there. But currently it's more like, um, because they are so close to one, you can't really see what is, uh, how much scatter you have there, how much variance. Alright. So, so how many phone calls, just roughly, is it millions oh. of calls? Or is it? Yes, it's millions. Uh, I don't remember phone calls. Uh, we have looked at... Um, Contacts and there are a few hundred thousand contacts we observe, but one contact may include several phone calls. Um, contact being a person, not an instance of a, of a communication. A contact is a, in this context, a network degree or network there. It is a person you have ha been in communi uh, communicated, person you have been in communication with. Um, all right. So, yes, so the relationship is clear, but it is not one-to-one. One-to-one -one would be something like that. Um, okay. Now, next video, we estimate a model which basically tells like how likely it is to observe a link between two individuals, I and J, depending on uh, which language they speak, same or different language and how far they live from each other. Um, and obviously, you can guess what happens. Um, we observe something like that. Um, here we have distance in kilometers, actually logarithmic scale. And here is probability to observe a link in our data. Um, and uh, Different lines correspond to different ethnic groups or different types of contacts. Red is uh, Russian-Russian contacts, blue is Estonian-Estonian contacts, and black is uh, inter-ethnic, Russian-Estonian-Estonian-Russian. Uh, what do you see here? First you see that uh, blue and red are definitely above the black. So this means that uh, Hey. Oh, I'm sorry. So this means that um, uh, inside of ethnic group, it is uh, more likely to observe a communication than between two ethnic groups. And now if you look at the numbers, then you find that it is about four times more likely. Uh, next, you see that the likelihood is just monotonously falling in distance. And uh, you can do some uh, comparisons, like for instance here. Let's fix a probability 
and see which distance it corresponds to. And in case of interethnic distance, it corresponds to 20 kilometer kilometers. And in case of uh, inside the ethnic group, between 100 and 200 kilometers. So you can say that the other group is like uh, five to ten times further away. This kind of uh, putting a figure on the or comparing ethnic distance and uh, geographic distance, I haven't seen this kind of stuff earlier in the literature. Uh, what I refer to ethnic distance is like distance between two different ethnic groups. And geographic distance obviously is just uh, geographic distance. Did you break that down by gender and age? Uh, no. It's just currently as it is. Oh, yes? Does that mean that the Russians talk more than the Estonians? Uh, what means? Well, the fact that the red is above the blue, we mean, or what? Yeah. Uh, this means that the Russians, not, not exactly that they talk more, but they have more Russian friends compared to, relative to the size of Russian population. Uh, say if both of the groups were the same size, say 100, you would observe Estonians in average have say five Estonian friends, Russians in average have say six or seven Russian friends. This means something like that. Um, okay, and now we use this model to do some uh, geographic exercises. Uh, first, let's switch off the co-ethnic preferences. This means that we move all these three lines together to a single line which is located about in the middle of this. And uh, here it is. Uh, it's a map of Tallinn, neighborhoods in Tallinn, the capital city of Estonia. And this corresponds to the segregation neighborhood, no, not segregation, but ethnic composition of neighborhoods. No, sorry. Ethnic composition of uh, social networks in these neighborhoods. The black ones, or not black, but dark blue, these here, they correspond to uh, networks where there are about 50% uh, more uh, Russian ties than you would expect placed based on random matching. And in this play case, this is very close to having uh, like basically random. This I, I suspect this is a neighborhood where there were very, very few inhabitants. Okay. This is what we actually observe. These neighborhoods are pretty segregated in terms of uh, in terms of social networks, and this is little segregated. Now we take these three lines you saw here, put them together to one. It means we switch off preferences, only leave geography. We leave people in place where they live, but makes them agnostic over the language they communicate to. And this is what happens. 
basically everywhere we observe very low levels of segregation except here because here are mainly Russian speakers are living and because uh, you are more likely to talk to people close to you you still observe a little bit effect here but uh, definitely we see that it is a lot lot less than uh, what would what we observe actually and now we do a similar exercise just instead of uh, switching off the ethnic preferences we switch off geography so instead of the three curves like they were here earlier we put three lines straight lines uh, they don't depend on geography they only depend on ethnic preferences and this is what happens again this uh, graph here corresponds to the ground truth and this is simulated counterfactual first you see that if we switch off geography then there is no geography then everything is of the same color and second what you see is that uh, the segregation level is far higher than uh, in the previous simulation this is a previous simulation and this is a current sim simulation so this means that also uh, distance and ethnic preferences matter in terms of a city which is simply too small for distance to bite uh, preferences dominate yes I have spent 25 minutes now so I will conclude uh, we have a rich data set and uh, we have some unique features namely we observe both place of residence social network and ethnic background and this all allows us to analyze all these effects simultaneously and establish some sort of relationship between uh, uh, networks and geography and we find that uh, networks and geography are related um, increasing ethnic concentration where do you live by 10 percentage points corresponds to about 2 percentage points uh, increase in uh, the ethnic group in your social networks we also find that uh, different ethnic group is as if five to ten times further away than your own group and finally we find that the distance uh, distance effect doesn't really matter in uh, terms of if you look at a uh, single city yes thank you I think we'll follow up with a couple of questions and then we'll um, ask Inta yeah. to give her presentation. And then we'll have a broad, I think a broader discussion too, but a couple of questions right now. Yes. Um, so the, the speakers who spoke in both French or text messaged both in Russian and in Estonian. Yes. Those um, those speakers, they, they, their files might not have any preference? Uh, it's not based on, uh, based on the messages. It is okay. based on if you sign a contract. Okay. Um, in practice, what happens is that uh, uh, you go 
to the telecom service, or you call them, and you you want to sign a contract or you want to do something change with your whatever plan or something, say record which language say, you are using. Unless you tell explicitly them that I want to use this language. There are three options, Estonian, Russian, English. Uh, there were a few hundred English speakers, but we excluded these from the data. Um, so, uh, if you are fluent in both languages, then it is up to you, basically, which language you use when you uh, refer to the services. Do we have an idea of how well that correlates with a person's mother tongue or with other measures of ethnic identity? Uh, it corresponds pretty well if we compare the geographic, do uh, some geographic analysis. Okay. There are some issues, one is related to, for instance, we only have one uh, telecom here. There are three major operators in the country. And uh, we only have data for one, and so one has certain biases. It's, for instance, overrepresented in rural areas and stuff like that. Um, but in general, it corresponds pretty well. Okay. Anything else? I just, this is really interesting data for like sociolinguistics. Uh, like, so like maybe people who both languages or something like that live in like or, or younger perhaps or, or like live in less like socially dense. Uh, unfortunately the data doesn't contain uh, information about uh, if you if you know both languages right. we don't have this information. We can guess that if you call both to Estonian speakers, Russian speakers, yeah. you are able to speak both languages. But maybe not, maybe the other end is able to speak your language. Or you use English or whatever. So uh, did you do any analysis by age? Uh, we haven't used age. We are doing something, um, how to say, we want to merge migration into this story. Basically, what we want to do is to um, see that if migration changes your preferences, if migrants show different preferences, uh, afterwards, I hope we can also incorporate age and gender and stuff. But uh, we have issues there right I've, now. So. I've, noticed, I've noticed that the number of Russian schools in Estonia has dropped quite a bit over, over yes. the years. So I was yes. wondering if that would show up uh, in your data. If you look at the language skills, and definitely uh, ability to speak Estonian has been increasing quite rapidly over the last two decades amongst uh, young Russian speakers. Um, Yes, but this is this is not what we analyze in the data. Uh, is there, um, yeah. is there any designation between um, like a personal account versus a business account? Uh, we only look at personal accounts, okay. but obviously you can do business with a personal phone. <laughs> so um, there's no designation. Mm. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, thank you very much. Thank you.